the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Dunkin' Refreshers are the perfect way to get a little more out of your day. With more tropical flavors like new mango pineapple and more ways to get glowing. Available with green tea, coconut milk, or lemonade. You've got what you need to make the most out of every moment. Even the ones spent stuck in traffic. <sighs> what a beautiful day. Sip into all your favorite Dunkin' refreshers like new mango pineapple. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Additional charges may apply. Hi there, this is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from Key Largo. I'm just uh, enthused of being here right now. My laptop is just taking a shit and I have to go through my cell phone. So I want to see how the recording goes and I apologize to li- listeners who um, have a tough, uh, tough time hearing me right now. Of course, if you've been a avid listener to our show you've been through the ups and downs of uh, me dealing with uh, the sound effects what I wanted to bring is uh, two days ago I had uh, that Netflix re- released this series of short films called uh, Homemade it's about 17 short films uh, ranging no less than about 10 minutes and they were brilliant. What what it does is um, it's an Italian Chilean uh, Chilean uh, work, but it's done internationally. So uh, these short films are from the U.S., from the United Kingdom, from uh, France, uh, Chile. I'm trying to think of some of the other places. Maybe Mexico. And uh, they all take place during the quarantine and during the pandemic. And what I'm going to call this episode a seminal event. It's uh, historical. Not the Netflix short films itself, but the seminal event. If you looked at a definition of what seminal meant, um, uh, it's a uh, precursor. It's a beginning. It's uh, meaning seed. Um, it is derived from semen and seminal, you know, emissions and all that stuff has to do with. But since we're a Keys bartender show, Florida Keys bartender, we did get uh, explicit content. But this isn't that. Do you think that people, when they're going through history, realize that its history is occurring or a big event is occurring? I'm thinking that when this thing started out in Wuhan and uh, spread throughout the world and it has spread around the world that uh, a lot of people didn't realize that it would be doing or taking such a forefront or place in 2020 and years from now uh, depending on what happens um, immediately after this, if there's a you know if there was nuclear war uh, or an uh, asteroid 
a strike on the planet or some climatic change or the magnetic poles reversed, COVID-19 will be the seminal event for the uh, 20s, which they're going to call the 20s. I mean, we thought it was going to be the Australian forest fires, uh, forest fires, brush fires, where it seemed like all Australia was uh, going to be that. But and I'm sure that when there was like small occurrences right in 1939, 1940, when Hitler was starting his stuff, that people didn't realize that was going to be the biggest events of the 20th century and that it was going to change everyone's lives. Uh, No one one knows. It takes a a rearview mirror to view uh, history and the things that make it. And what I saw in the Netflix and the, the short films was people coping with their own experiences during it. So if you get the opportunity and you and you don't have a problem with subtitle films, because some of them, the, the ones that aren't in English are the most brilliant one, but there is one with Kristen uh, Thomas, the, the woman from the Twilight series, who I was amazed by her uh, acting in this. I, I was. I know short films. I've seen student films and things like that. And what I think is when it comes to short films, people can pack an idea and don't have to go with a broader message or a story. And what they're doing in short films is just unpacking one idea over it. There's a... Uh, so Kristen Thomas is dealing with insomnia during COVID-19 and being stuck inside and she just does this amazing thing just with her face for the expression she makes and uh, it's all close up so I thought that was pretty good and there's another one called The Last Call and it's uh, I think it's from uh, Chile and it's an older man calling up one of his former former lovers who's an older woman at the time but significantly younger than he is and he goes on a quite it is a very very heartfelt it appears to be a heartfelt and uh, torrid recounting of his feelings for the woman and he's in a it looks like an assisted living facility a very nice assisted living facility if it what it is and he has a uh, a healthcare uh, worker helping him do a zoom call to his past lover and he goes into a, a at length how much he loves her how much he wanted to stay with her and things like that and it takes a really nice turn and we're really nice turn a really different turn and it's not necessarily this one's not about COVID-19 it's about um, people and there's uh, another one it takes place in France and it's a a, a young teenage emigre uh, boy and he's doing his daily routine schoolwork uh, a little 
his fitness activity and then he goes about setting up his drone and sending his drone out to uh, take a look at the landscape around him in the small city that he's in and uh, that was really really telling and then there's uh, one American another American who uh, he's by himself and he's doing his daily routines and his um, he starts seeing a break in his psyche and he starts breaking apart into different people and that that I found that that interesting and then there's another one where the the infection and this one that one's by Maggie Gyllenhaal this one by Maggie Gyllenhaal and uh, her husband he uh COVID-19 affects, not only affects people, but it's affecting the laws of nature, gravity and the solar system and the magnetic uh, uh, forces protecting the planet and all those things. So it goes in a little, gets a little sci-fi, but he, um, he starts having a problem with his toaster because of all this uh, gravity fluctuations. I thought that was, and then was a Scottish girl who's living with her family, and there's another story of a girl from a a five-year-old girl from Mexico City just caring for herself, a four or five-year-old girl making getting up, making breakfast for herself, and then doing all the things uh, someone has to do to care for themselves, and they're just all the. the they're all experienced how each the the quarantine and how people are um, affected and it gives you a look at no matter where you are in the world that you I mean that's where you get to see the, the commonality of all this how it doesn't it's not just when you go and get upset about wearing a mask and not one of these short films was someone having a problem putting on a mask. And uh, there was one there. There's one by Kate Blanchett, and I don't know if they're in New York or L.A., but it's a woman, uh, a di- the director of the film, I think maybe. She uh, gets on a bike, puts on her mask, and just goes for a bike ride through I think it's LA and it's narrated by Kate Blanchett uh, just about just showing you what it's like empty streets and things like that it's very surreal if you recall what it was like in your in your if you're if you were living in a town where they had the stay-at-home order it was it was different and everyone went through it they may have experienced it differently and everyone has their different hence the short films but uh, that's the one thing about a seminal event like World War II or let me pick something really big 9-11 everyone feels knows uh, who was alive and was old enough to remember what it was like to see the news and watch the towers uh, burn and come down and then what it was like to see the the airspace shut down meaning no planes going over and that would happen for a week or two 
and how people were focused on this one thing. But with this COVID-19 and this each each event, even though it didn't narrow it down, there is one thing that occurred, COVID-19. But the way governments deal with it is different and the way people deal with it are different. And it's just amazing when you see it played out in these short films how people's experiences some of them obviously you know you have one that makes it into science fiction and things like that and how people uh, view themselves so another one was this woman who's a famous uh, the woman uh, the British family and uh, she was a director of Bended like Beckham and how uh, this uh, she's uh, a citizen of the United Kingdom but they're of, I think, Indian or Pakistani origin. And uh, they're definitely from near the subcontinent. And just their experiences as a family, how they deal, deal with it. That's a phone call coming in. I'm going to decline that. That's, I hope that doesn't come in through um, my podcast here. So I encourage all my listeners, and it's a great thing about uh, this. I do have international international listeners listeners right now. If you have the opportunity, it's called Homemade, and it says uh, it's season one. I don't know if they're going to continue it. There'll probably be more short films. We've got a whole world to choose from. Um, so these submissions were uh, they were they were brilliant. They were just brilliant films. And there was one story. Uh, I it was a collaboration over a bunch, you know, at least six different countries, where there, it's mainly on messaging. Uh, it's a smartphone, and it's a couple in a tiny flat or apartment in uh, the United Kingdom, where a boyfriend and girlfriend start out, where they've broken up. And he's relegated to the bedroom. She's relegated to the living room. And they're talking to each other's friends. And they're in the beginning, they're talking about the other person, even um, what they're expecting that's going through. And uh, they just show what happens during this. And it's only 10 minutes, so if you can invest that, it's pretty good. And that one's in English, too. So I'm going to leave you that with you with that on the homemade but uh, just think about uh, there's a lot of people there's not I think we reach a point in the history of the world where there's so many people much like myself where they have the tools to be able to document what's going on and years from now if we're able to preserve the records if they're not destroyed in some uh catastrophe future generations will know I guess millions of people's different perspective on that event unfortunately when you think of history and things like that we we do have a lot of records of things that occurred in the last couple hundred years especially since the development of the printing press but uh, prior to let's say a thousand years the written word was a rarity and only a few a percent, you know, a few percent uh, really understood that. 
they 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 really uh, there were there were people very few people were educated very people few people were literate and the writing and then the storage and, and preservation of writing was uh, in itself an historical event the uh, there was a huge library in Alexandria that burnt down that stored a lot of information but the thing is with uh, the way the world is now there was never really a time in history prior to let's say the 17th or 1800s when people received basic education if you listen to a, a, a letter from someone during the civil war you realize how literate people were and nowadays uh, almost everyone has access to that uh, a smartphone and uh, there are uh, servers that store their information. They can they can do a video blog. They can do um, a recording, much like a podcast and things like that. But if you think during the uh, Dark Ages, that's the uh, 1300, let's say, during the plague, we only have records of people that were wealthy and who were um, people in uh, royal classes, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, upper class merchants that were literate enough to record their feelings and, and write things down, and then they had to be preserved someplace. And uh, so we don't have a record of what regular people went through. We just have a, several ideas of what went on that time. But now, from just the last couple hundred years, we're going to be able to. Um, especially, you know, just just recall, remember 9-11, that there were so many people being able to talk about their experience of what happened on 9-11. And even with that, with all these things, we used to make fun of, think about the people we used to make fun of uh, uh, when it comes to thunderstorms, our ancestors, how what they thought a thunderstorm was. And the theology and mythology they created to, to um, explain these things. Now we have uh, people that eschew the experts and they come up with, and I did this on a, several episodes again, everyone has a conspiracy theory. Everyone has a conspiracy theory about the, oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. I got to I gotta decline this, man. My phone. I'm trying to do a podcast, and wouldn't you, you, wouldn't you know? Yes, I hear that. Thank you. Um, it is so funny that um, the one time I'm not allowed to use my laptop, I use my phone, and then it's just kicking all off these phone calls coming in from these old numbers I have, old businesses I have. Uh, so. We're talking about how it's ironic how people would make uh, mythology about things they didn't know, and they just say, "Well, this is what I think." This is, obviously, if there's thunder going on, there's someone up there with great power, who's uh, you know what the, the Dutch said they were bowling and stuff like that. But they were smart enough to realize that that there wasn't people. Um, bowling but the you know thousands of years ago someone could just say well listen it's they're they're gods and they're having a fight and you can't see it and sometimes it reaches the ground and they hear it 
That's her explanation. And now we get conspiracy theorists about everything. And people just can't accept that this was something that occurs. Conspiracy, you know, there has to be a reason for something, and it has to be easily digested by uh, mentally by people. So it can't just be COVID-19 just can't be something that happened because of the proximity of live stock in a wet market in Wuhan, China. There has to be, uh, and there probably, I mean, uh, there, there are germ warfare facilities around the world, but um, I think pretty much germ warfare, if you think about it for militaries and stuff like that, there, I think they might be mainly places for people to develop vaccines because it is a bad deal to develop a, a bacterium or virus that was going to attack people and then how would it could come back and boomerang and get you and they always um, mutate and change so why would you really even want to fuck around with, with that stuff and then people say well that's the problem they're fucking around with this stuff and it gets out of hand yeah, yeah that happens but you know, sometimes it happens naturally. And uh, their suggestion that the um, the plague in some of the places where the plague was thought to come from, it was actually um, naturally occurring anthrax. Things that would develop because of the conditions in the ground. And just like, uh, you know, you just things occur. Uh, the the, Rush, the French Revolution, some people suggest, that was caused uh, it was a particularly hot and wet uh, early summer, and what happened in urban France was they used to do several firings of bakering for their um, economy bread, economy loaves of bread, where poor people can uh, afford. And what it, what it was, it wasn't that fine a flour, and they would just make these hard coarse breads once a week and this way people can buy them cheaply and then you made better bread throughout the week there were higher profit items but they used to make a lot of this bread only several times a week and then it would sit around for the rest of the week and what happened is they're suggesting that a mold developed um, because of the humidity and the heat and people may have uh, had a naturally occurring uh, psychedelic that aided, especially in the urban centers, the um, the craze during the French Revolution. There was a lot of crazy stuff that went on there. Once again, that's another seminal event: the French Revolution. They didn't. People didn't know. You know, riots were breaking out in Paris. They were angry, and uh, they didn't know at the time that they were going to be changing their society. People rarely know that something historical is going on and it's going to be noted years from now on how the people behaved and how they dealt with it. So we have our choices like this when we had this um, these pandemic breakout broke out. Now we're in the midst of it. It's coming up on today is July uh, 2nd two days it's going to be July 4th uh, many places in the country there are people that are hunkering down and wearing masks and there's some people that are very angry that they're not allowed to go and do whatever they want so uh, with the spike in weather people are suggesting well 
you know, there's, oh yeah, there's a lot of infection going on, but it changed. It's not a lot of people dying. Uh, I guess we're going to find out in the end. You can call it what you want. But time and uh, it's a, this is an old saying. It's from the 1800s. Time is a great thickener of things. Meaning, in time, people will look back and they will analyze it and it will have all these other data points they can put in and they'll be able to say, well, this group of people handled this event better because they did this. And they were better able to recover because of this. And they're going to look back on... I, I chance this prediction that they're going to look back on our handling of the pandemic and some of the people that um, are calling other people saying if you feel sick stay home and you're just asking people to just put on a mask just a mask to restrict the free flow of particles that's it they're slowing it down a bit slowing it down a bit that's all we have to do and uh, when two people wearing it, it greatly reduces that. I understand that it's a change of routine. I understand it's inconvenient. And you want to go back to the way it was. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks you have to worry about that um, you might get sick or you may pass on something to someone who could be immune co- compromised. Or you could pass it on to a woman who's pregnant. Or who just given birth to preemie babies. And she wants to go and see her baby. But she she can't. She, you come in contact with her. Let's say she has to work her job and stuff. Her kids, kids or babies are sitting in the hospital. I just saw a story about this. And uh, if you don't wear a mask and you're asymptomatic. You know what asymptomatic is. That means you could have it and not display the symptoms. It's not a hard concept to understand. So a lot of times wearing the mask is like, I care about you. Not, I need to show my makeup. I spend a lot of time on my makeup. Well, I'm a good looking person. I don't want to cover up. It's inconvenient. It chafes my face. Imagine that one, you know, if you're in an event, you know, there's, you're in an event and you just spread it around. Would you? How would you feel if you were able to have the concept or comprehend the concept that, let's say you were on the t- top of the Empire State Building and you had a box of darts, heavy metal darts, 20 of them, and you just tossed them or dropped them off the edge of the Empire State Building knowing that if they found their mark, they could hit 20 separate people and cause serious injury or kill them. And yeah, chances are most of them will miss. But you know, on a crowded day, you may hit one or two. You could kill somebody, may make someone seriously injured. Would you still do that? Is that something you're willing to risk? How would you feel at the end of the day if you did something like that? 
you just threw a bunch of things off the top of the Empire State Building and you caused two deaths, four injuries. Pretty shitty. That's the same thing as being asymptomatic. You don't know if you caught it from someone else. You don't know if you have it. Yes, I hear the people. If you if you're so afraid of catching it, stay home. Well, what if that person has to be out? That person has to be out because their job in order to support their family and you're just doing it willy-nilly, not covering yourself and they get infected and then they go home and bring it home and they, you know, it, it's just a chain of events. We live in a community. Don't don't we care anymore? I mean, it used to be that people who didn't care would be treated as antisocial, psychopath, you know, psychopaths, psychopathic. That's what it is. When you do things and you don't have concerns for the ramifications of your actions, you know, it's like throwing those people every so often to throw cinder blocks off a highway overpasses. What? I mean, are you, that's willful attempt at destruction, pain, and suffering. But when you're, let's say, instead of looking for the car and throwing a cinder block off, you just toss a cinder, a cinder block over the overpass. That's what you're doing when you're not wearing a mask. You know, chances are you probably miss a car. But you may, might not. So treat the mask. I don't know how many different ways to do it. If you were, drive, if you were driving down a highway and you had a load of, let's say, big metal uh, reels of cable, thousands of pounds, and you, you would, if you were a trucker, you would take uh, great pains to secure those. You know, so they wouldn't come loose and come free and crush somebody. That's precaution. Chances are, you know, a lot of times we take precaution and nothing ever comes of it doesn't mean we don't take precautions. Same thing with guns. Remember, you know, never assume that a gun is unloaded. You don't point an unloaded gun. Every gun is loaded. You treat it like that. So wearing a mask is like, don't cough, you know, because you don't know if you're not infected. You just got tested. Yeah, you got tested three days ago. What if you got infected after that? Just till till it's over. Oh, it may not be over. Well, maybe you have to do it a little longer. How important is that? Is there anybody in your life that you're willing not to lose? Think of that person. Think of that person. Think of someone you care about. And if it's only if it's only caring about yourself, then good luck. You know, I mean, for that empty existence you have, I have no idea how you go through life. And even then, I don't want to see you suffer. That's called empathy. I don't take enjoyment out of seeing people suffer. That's the difference between us, maybe. And if you're listening to the show, chances are you do care and you 
do wear a mask and you are considered other people. But just take heed that we're going to be judged brutally, brutally by history. How we handle this, how different groups of people were treated during it, how different groups of people behaved during it. You know, there was a story by Edgar Allan Poe called The Mask of the Red Death. And it takes place during the plague. And the plague uh, is indiscriminate, but these wealthy people are just enjoying themselves, drinking, and all this stuff. Oh, I hear there's a stirring of my my daughter who's complaining I don't know what she's complaining about but she says she says stop it is 20 after 11 she slept at least 12 hours okay so I don't know what's going on here so this is me caring Uh, hold on one moment folks I'm going to have to I'll be right back with you I'm just going to I'm just going to pause this for a moment. No, I'm not going to pause it. This is live. Hey, Sky, I'm doing a live podcast. Can you be quiet for a sec? Okay. I think that's it. Um, so, Dorn Araska, they're having a party, and there's one uh, character there who is uh, wearing a red mask. And it's just the point of the story is no matter how wealthy you are and how they try to seclude themselves and have this great party during this pandemic and supposedly they were healthy, that it would find its way into this exclusive gathering. And there was nothing they could do about it. So, whether you care, um, and I think you do care, uh, t- the big takeaway is July 4th coming, right? We might be doing another show today. I don't know. Um, we're in Key Largo. There's a lot of people coming down here. I am working most of the weekend. I think I'm doing a double on Saturday and Sunday. And uh, we expect a, a lot of people down here. Even though the beaches are closed, a lot of the public boat ramps are closed, the bars are closed. Um, people are still feeling the need. I guess they're going to go out in the water. They're going to be at the sandbar. They're going to do all sorts of things. And my feeling is that because of um, the way things are in Florida that we're going to still see, we're going to see uh, next week and the week after, we're going to see uh, growing numbers of infected um, because the people that are most eager to be out there and about right now are the people that aren't practicing safe distancing and uh, they will be judged and if you get a chance watch Homemade the short films on Netflix rarely rarely do I advertise for that but I think it'll broaden your horizons and understanding on what people are going through but maybe if you're the kind of person that does watch those things you probably already have some empathy and understanding for other people and realize that they go through things that are similar you to what you do but experiencing it uh, slightly differently Uh, if you are listening please uh, become a subscriber of the show Uh, follow us on Facebook on Instagram on Twitter I apologize for uh, getting political but I think uh, 
you know, people know my feelings right now. And if you don't like it, you're welcome not to listen. I, I wish, I, you know, I just wish that we all could be kind and understanding and empathetic and thoughtful. You know, being thoughtful, God, there's nothing better than being thoughtful. Uh, but sometimes we're asking for a little money. But this is Jim the Keys Bartender. I'd like to thank you for listening, and we'll be back shortly. Take care. And now it's Geico's Motorcycle Rules of the Road. Avoid biking in the rain and never touch another person's bike. Hey guys, look at these bikes. So shiny. Uh, whoops. I'm gonna leave a note. Oh gosh, there's more. And the rule to saving on motorcycle insurance is, in 15 minutes, Geico could save you 15% or more. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with Geico, we hired a scary movie victim. Oh no, a tree fell on my car, and there's only one thing to do. Trip over my own feet and pull myself across the lawn while yelling help at a barely audible volume. Help. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but you filed a claim with Geico, so you've got a designated claims team to help you. This Geico sounds suspiciously reassuring. Are you sure I don't end up getting surprised with an unexpected twist? Just that your Geico team will always be there to keep you updated. No! What is it? Oh, nothing. I just didn't see that coming. Geico. Great service without all the drama. 